Gorgeous George and Goes, are you ready? Junkie Nation, are you ready? Well, let's get it on. From the fight capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada, this is MMA Junkie Radio. We roll it! What's going on, Junkie Nation? Gorgeous George and Goes reporting for duty here on a Thursday morning, late morning. We're doing a little bit later than we usually do, but guess what? What we managed to do was secure two interviews. We got a pre-record from from uh, yesterday with Aaron Pico, and who's one of our favorites to interview, SoCal guy, Bellator standout featherweight, and we just wrapped up with Clarissa Shields, the uh, two-time Olympian and gold medalist, by the way, London and Rio de Janeiro. And she's also a uh, multiple-time boxing champion. And, of course, you guys have seen her in the PFL Smart Cage going one-and-one so far, although it's been two years. So, yep, that's what we did. That's why we postponed it just a couple of hours later than we normally do. And another thing, like I told Goes the other day, let's go over the World MMA Awards. Let's go over that as well, because we did a great job, I think. Goes and I unpacking the show, the big show from this past weekend, UFC 296, not just on Junkie Radio, but Spinning Backlick. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, Spinning Backlick was a 90-minute show, youtube.com forward slash MMA Junkie Video. Go catch that after you're done with this. I will say this, though, guys. Only today or recently did I hear Leon Edwards finally go, all right, if it's Bilal, let's get down. Says he's easy work. But finally, some acknowledgement for the champ as to who might be next because he just didn't seem to want anyone next. Anyone, Anytime anyone was brought up to him, he was like, no, I'm not into that one. I'm not into that. I was like, bro, we're running out of names, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, who are you going to fight? So... I mean, your brother Fabian from Bellator? Or what, what's the plan here? But yeah, he, him and Bilal have been kind of joking around on, actually not joking, but, you know, talking on online. And he finally acknowledged them that it might be you. Although he did say, he goes, you may want to talk to the UFC. It doesn't sound like they like dealing with you. And how's, you know, like, compared to honestly the BS we've been putting up with, I just thought, okay, like this guy's kind of putting someone's business out there a little bit. But, um, you know, who knows if there's some truth to it? Yeah, I don't know. With um, that's the funny thing is exactly the way you said it. We've seen challenge or champions before, kind of dismiss the number one contender or something like that. But he literally, like, it, it was to the point where you were like, "Well, who do you want to fight?" Like, none of this is making any sense. Like, you you, you don't like any of the matchups, right? And so, um, I'm glad that he kind of came caved a little bit in that regards and and possibly that could be the next fight it, it's deservedly so it's what what the fans would want and i think the guy has absolutely earned it so it should be next but uh you know the longer that went and the more other people started to throw their names in the hat and try and give their explanations the more and more it started to become one of those situations where you go oh my god are they really gonna pass them up again like there was a little bit of Shavcat love out there. And so uh I could imagine how that would be a real dangerous thing and just absolutely anger a guy like Bilal Muhammad and, and a lot of fans. But the thing is, like, 
fans get over shit. You know, as soon as as soon yeah. as it's announced, it's blah 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 blah, blah and then like a week goes by, and all right, well, that's the hand we're dealt, right? But it's not like that for Paloma Muhammad. He's doing this to make money, and that absolutely ruins. What's he gonna do? Sit there and wait again? He's not gonna do that. He has to take a fight. And so that that just gets real murky and really, really nasty. So it's good to see Leon somewhat cave in. We never know, because it is it's not the uh the Muhammad Edwards championship, right? It's a UFC. They right. have the final say. Right. Well, I know I said we wouldn't spend too much time on 296 because I think we covered it. I, I did just want to fill in a few blanks and then we'll get to some World MMA Awards recap. Uh, Makashev and Jean Wei Li wanting to do this champ champ thing. Oh my God, man. It's nauseating to me now. A champion wanting to fight in another weight class. I get it that they want to do something that's pretty special, but Zhang Wei Li has a few contenders. She hasn't cleaned that division out. And Alexa Grasso, yeah, I'd be down. I mean, I guess that's what they're supposed to do, right, on social media. But just the fact that they do it, I'm thinking, you still got Valentina. Then you got either Blanchfield waiting for you or Manon Fioron. You know, like, you all have contenders. Please shut up and fight them. Clean out a division properly like GSP and Anderson Silva, and then we can talk. It's, oh, my God, it just gets on my nerves, man, so much. And to hear, and the worst is probably Makashev because he's yet to defend against the lightweight. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't understand. He, he has a chance to eclipse Habib. You know, the greatest lightweight ever only has three title defenses. He was undefeated, respect, but he only has three title defenses. The greatest welterweight ever has nine. The greatest middleweight ever has ten. The greatest light heavyweight ever has eleven. The greatest flyweight ever has eleven. And the greatest featherweight champion ever has seven. Notice I said champion because I think Josie Aldo is the greatest featherweight champion ever. But I don't think he's the greatest featherweight ever because that I believe Alex Volkanovski's done enough. So go out there and do it. But geez, I mean, I know he's done two, but at least do one against the lightweight. Before you even talk about anything else. All right, I'll get off my horse there. And so far, it looks like UFC 297 is still a go. Everything that transpired in the T-Mobile Arena with Sean Strickland. Haven't heard any problems, no legal problems. So good to go. Him versus Drikas Duplessis should be a good one. Rocky Pennington versus Myra Buena Silva. That's the co-main event. That's in Toronto. That's next year. Let's talk about this year. Mm-hmm. We had the World MMA Awards this past Thursday, two days before UFC 296. And I wouldn't say it got swept under the rug or nothing like that, but look, we're all about the fights here. And with all those controversies, it was the fights and the controversies, and then the World of Memory Awards, and then Karate Combat. So I want to focus a little bit on that. Now, we're, we won't spend a lot of time on it, just because we have the two interviews, right? Mm-hmm. Let's knock off a few categories, and you just tell me I'm feeling it or not, and if not, then tell me who you would have given it to. Let's start off with the big ones. The Charles Lewis Fighter of the Year, Leon Edwards, one. Aljamain Sterling, Israel Adesanya, Islam Makhachev, and Sadabusi were nominated. Did the did they pick the right guy in Leon Edwards over Sterling, Adesanya, Makhachev, and C? Oh, and before you answer, the nomination period spanned from July 1st, 2022 to July 30th, 
That's the nightmare part. That's the part that drives me absolutely insane about the World MMA Awards. I love what they do, but that stupid period is just so hard to go back in your head and and process things from that standpoint. You're used to like the moment that you're standing, you know, where you're at right now. What just happened? You know, oh wait, that doesn't count. We got to go back to this or you that, it's such a nightmare. But Leon Edwards, um, I mean, dude, what he did was pretty tremendous, right? Yeah, um, it counts both Usman fights, the one where he won it and mm-hmm. the one where he defended it. So, so, for example, Strickland won the 2023 MMA Junkie Male Fight of the Year category. But that's all of 2023 in which he went 3-0. And so all of it was eligible. But see, under World MMA Awards, his win over Israel Adesanya was ineligible. So now he's just got the two wins, and I think even a loss from the year before can't do it, Sean. But Leon Edwards, I think I, I think I agree with this one. The way I look at it is this. It's hard to forget that he was, I don't want to say getting his ass kicked, but he was being handled up until he threw the kick that finished Kamaru Uzman. That, for me, kind of evens out in the sense that the guy that he finished and won a belt was one of the guys that was on his way to maybe eclipsing GSP. And so those kind of even out. But then when he came around and did it again, you can't argue that, man. You just can't. So, uh, yeah, it, it would be hard. I mean, I think that's a, a good selection. All right. What about... What the hell are you drinking? What is that? Chicha Mora. Oh, I thought it was... A different color. I was like, man, that does not look good, whatever that is. Yeah. Female fighter of the year, Alexa Grasso, Amanda Nunez, Larissa Pacheco, Zeka Izawa, and Liz Carmouche. They gave it to Alexa Grasso. Is Ghost feeling that? Bellator fighters just aren't going to get as much love all the time. Um, Alexa getting the victory and a stoppage is almost like getting two wins in one. You know, had she just won the fight, I think we all would have went, wow. She is just a lot better than we thought. She took down Valentina, but to submit her is pretty insane. A draw sucks. (laughs) A lot of people are looking at that like it's a win. And to me, it's it's not really, you know, it's it's a draw. It's what it is. But the fact that... uh, a lot of us felt like Valentina Shevchenko was just going to shake off that first one and come in and completely dismantle her. And she was still able to, to hang in there enough to get a draw. Uh, that says a lot, man. So I think that's, uh, I'm a little different on that, you know, but I don't hate that selection. I would have given it to Larissa Pacheco and I'll tell you why, because it would have included her win over Kayla Harrison the year before. And that was a fantastic, monumental win to give the first L to the great Kayla Harrison. Uh, So it would have included that, and it would have included, I think, two of the fights from this year. And I just think that is better because she beat someone pretty grand as well in Harrison, the same way Alexa Grasso beat someone grand in Valentina Shoshenko. And again, two more wins, man. At least three and zero, possibly even four and zero, depending on that window, compared to one zero oh, and one. So, mm-hmm. I just 
you know, I'll be transparent here. When we voted as a squad on on MMA Junkie, I didn't put in a vote for Alexa Grasso. She didn't even doesn't even count as a title defense. She retained the title. She didn't defend it. So um, it's someone who I actually enjoy. She's been to our studio once before. Um, so right now, I probably sound like a hater, but no, I just I I didn't think she won that fight, and I just close though. I just think, you know, I just think I would have given it to Larissa Pacheco. But mm-hmm. what do I know? All right, we move on. We can't spend too much time on this. Breakthrough fighter of the year. Drikas Duplessis, Alex Fajeda, Ilya Taporia, Sergey Pavlovich, Alexa Grasso. The winner was Alex Fajeda. Honestly, they were all pretty killer. Yeah. Yeah, they were. And, you, you again, the time frame goes back to uh, kind of bite you in the ass a little bit. But. But yeah, I, I can't argue that one. That's not bad. So with Fajeda, the only thing I would say is, well, you're kind of including him getting knocked out in Miami by Israel Adesanya. You kind of are. You know, like, that's a loss. Now, it's not the undefeated fighter of the year award. It's just who broke through. And I guess you could say him. But, see, he just won this title in November. Mm-hmm. You can't count that, you know. Um, and... The other one was, and, and you know, further to what you were saying goes, this whole thing about this is the nomination period. When people get this, do they even look at that? They might just think be thinking about what that person mm-hmm. did right then and there, and it doesn't even fit the criteria. World MMA Awards, I just think he needs to really, really revamp things. All right, we celebrate them. 15 years, solid. We're proud to have one, five of your awards. Six of you include our colleague, our former colleague, John Morgan. Uh, nominations, Junkie Raid has been nominated, Mike Bond, Nolan King, a few others. And folks, but I, I just think this thing needs to be cleaned up. Honestly, it needs to be cleaned up. And and some of these names, I just you know, I know that a lot of times they feel like they want to make it a worldly thing, but sometimes I feel like they force like a square peg into a, a circle. You know, I think uh, when you're looking at breakthrough fighter of the year, the way I analyze it is I just go, okay, this person, what did I think of them one year ago, right? And which one has just completely turn me around and prayer is one of those guys prayer is one of them yeah i mean because like i say even if the loss is there the loss is there but he did break through and and beat israel to begin with so mm-hmm. yeah all right not hating I'm, I'm not hating i'm just pointing it out uh one more international fight of the year leon edwards israel adesanya drikas duplessis sergey pavlich sadabusi i mean they're all great but yeah uh, one of them won a title, so I think that kind of cemented it for Leon Edwards, right? Right. Ooh. Okay. Well, since no one was quick, let's do one more. Gagey versus Fiziev. This is fight of the year. Koye versus Chandler. Makashev versus Volkanovski won. Ward versus Soba Hamasi. Schnell versus Sue Mujeri. Uh, which one for you was fight of the year? There is no wrong answer on this one. There, I think it's a three-horse race. It depends what you like because I was Makashev uh, Volk really captivated because I didn't believe what was going on was actually happening. Right. And then uh, the Gaethje fight was just pure action. And then I felt like Poye Chandler was what MMA is all about. Had a little bit of everything, 
So that was my pick. Including drama, right? Right. Yeah, I remember even at the end, Chandler was like, bro, you can't even be a good sport after you beat me. I'm just trying to shake your hand. Remember all that stuff? Mm -hmm. Do you miss, mm -hmm. by the way, the agony and defeat or whatever it's called? Where's that been? Yeah. I uh -huh. love that. Mm -hmm. oh, I, I hope it comes back. I don't know if it's ever been addressed or not, but I kind of really love seeing behind the scenes the the happiness of the party that wins, and I don't like wallow in with the person that loses. I'm not trying to say, "Yeah, bitch," you know, take your mm -hmm. medicine or or eat your crow or nothing like that. But it is just interesting to see just that dynamic. Um, I don't know. Maybe Ken Hathaway, our videographer, is close to the UFC. Maybe he already even knows the answer, but I plan on asking him. All right. So Aaron Pico was, or sorry, Clarissa. Well, they're both, well, they were both guests of ours, and we're going to play them both for you. And Clarissa's like hot off the press. It just happened a few minutes ago. So let's go with that one first. She's a two time Olympic gold medalist, a world boxing champ with title defenses, has dabbled in our sport, and she's also doing a lot of stuff in her community. We'll be right back with Clarissa Shields. What's going on, Junkie Nation? Gorgeous George and Goes always deliver the big names. Today we get to talk to Clarissa Shields, who's got an outstanding CV representing the United States, getting down in the Olympics. Of course, she's a world champion in boxing with title defenses. And we've brushed up with her in the sport of mixed martial arts because she has danced in that PFL smart cage before. Clarissa, how are you? I'm George. That's Goes. Pleasure to have you on Junkie Radio. Thank you guys for having me, and I'm doing well. All right, cool. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Isn't it great that we're getting close to such a beautiful holiday? And, of course, we're going to talk about that in just a second. But um, are you going to be with family and friends? Or are you already there? Or? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with family and friends now, uh, getting mm -hmm. ready for the Christmas giveaway that I'm having. The annual Christmas, yeah. Christmas giveaway is this Saturday, 12 to 4 p.m. at the Fitness Gym. And then... Um, I'll be getting Christmas gifts for my kids after the Christmas giveaway. And then mm -hmm. I'll be having a Christmas dinner with my family on Christmas Day. And then the next day I go on vacation. <laughs> oh, yeah, where are you going? I'm going to Florida for a couple of days. Oh, okay. All right, cool. Well, well deserved. Um, but let's <coughs> talk about that. The fourth annual Clarissa Shields Toy Drive. And it happens this Saturday, folks. So it's in Michigan. So when I say 12 to 4, we're talking Eastern time, all right? Yes. And uh, it is at the A, is it a, at Fitness Center or AT at, Fitness? Okay, at, at fitness. fitness, 2189 Coldwater Road, Mount Morris, Michigan. Uh, check it out. And so, Clarissa, talk about this. Give me a, let's start off with a really cool story. I mean, you've done this three years now, and I'm sure you've given away a lot of things and put a lot of smiles on kids' faces. But is there one or two that stand out that just reminds you got this is so special here that interaction that connection what we're doing you know what last year we had a long line of um kids we always have a long line but it was snowing out it was coming down and oh, wow. inside the building was packed and um i had on my clothes and stuff and i went out there just talked to everybody and what i seen was a lot of the kids didn't have on gloves and oh. hats so oh. i ran back on the inside i grabbed gloves and i grabbed hats 
and they had been sitting out there maybe like an hour because it was so full and they were already you know like the line is long so i'm giving them hats i'm giving them gloves and i'm hugging people and stuff um and one of the kids said to me like this is the nicest thing anyone has ever did for me mm. this year and i just was like oh i wanted to jump to the front of the line <laughs> It was, but it was just so packed, and we had to like had like a certain order of, of operation because you don't just come pick up a toy. But through our um, Christmas giveaway, we're, we're giving out food um, baskets. We got clothes. We have hygiene and combs, you know, for your hair. We yeah. then you can pick a toy. We got Santa Claus inside. We have a live band singing the Christmas carols oh. while we're in there. So um, it's just very special, and I just remember another story of just a girl getting a, a box of mac and cheese you know and she was just so happy and she was like i'm gonna cook this for us and she wasn't nothing but like 13 14 and, and just, just like the excitement in her eyes to see a box of mac and cheese it was like that we're really doing a lot you know for the families during this time as small as a a box of mac and cheese like it only costs i don't know three dollars at the store but to see that you know she she her and her family couldn't couldn't afford that and it just like yeah. she was just so happy and grateful and that's why i do it you know just to give back and i don't want anybody to feel left out during christmas time um during christmas time coming up my grandma used to cook all the time for us but before then um when it was christmas time i will always get a, a a barbie doll one of those big barbie dolls right and it would be black and i got it for like three years in a row and i never liked the doll and so one year i was probably about 12 and i opened up my christmas stuff and then i opened up this freaking big doll again and i was like mom why do you keep getting me this doll i don't want a doll and she's like well what do you want i'm like a race car why do you get the boys the mo control cars but then you keep getting me a, a freaking barbie doll i don't want to play with this doll so every year i would break the arms and the leg off the doll and take the head off so mom got the message that i didn't want to doll but yeah. after that christmas my mom would give me a mo control car right so it was more of like we were fortunate enough to where she can go and find me a mo control car somewhere yeah but it's like during our Christmas giveaway, we also want the kids to get what they want, you know? So we let them go back there and we have a no adult policy in the back. So the adults can watch their kids go and pick their gift, but they can't come back there and pick the gift for the kid. And that's a, a part of, which is very great too, because some of these parents want their kids to get a hoverboard, but the little kid want a basketball, you know? So right. we just enjoy that type of stuff. <laughs> Well, that's great that you injected, you know, something from your youth, your, your a memory from your youth and applied it to the toy drive. And how about the fact that I was sitting here, you know, thought maybe something related to toys was going to happen. And then all of a sudden I started tearing up because that's one heck of a story. You know, little kids, they're cold. We don't think of that. We can help people in so many ways. Of course, the toys are outstanding. Don't get mm -hmm. me wrong. But like you said, food, mac and cheese. Um, gloves because it's cold i've been to michigan i know what you're talking about yeah um you know a jacket wow that's outstanding i really commend you and your team for what you're doing Thank uh, you. and i'm glad we can help get the word out and those were some incredible incredible stories
Thank you. Yeah, for sure. I, I have a question about a toy. It's probably for both of you guys. Clarissa, you might have touched on it with the remote control car, but do you remember a toy that you always wanted as a kid and it just never came? Um, A toy that I always wanted but never came. No, I got the remote control car. Yeah? The Christmas after. <laughs> <laughs> and after that, my mom started asking me, like, well, what do you want for Christmas? Or, you know, let's write a letter to Santa type of deal. And... um. I would write what I wanted on there. So that was more of like a communication between me and my mom. And I mean, we don't really know it, uh, but a lot of parents don't have that uh, relationship to really even be talking to their kids because if a kid go to school from eight to 3 p.m. and then they're at the after school program till six, I mean, what they get home and they, then they gotta be in bed by nine, you got three hours with your kid if you're not working. So. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't really know what their kids want, mm -hmm. you know? So it's like to find a time to actually do that. Like my mom was, was a stay at home mom. So she would, you know, we spend time together and things like that. But a lot of times I was boxing. I was at grandma's house. I was at boxing coach house. So I think after the age of like 15, 16, I really wasn't, getting anything for christmas i was just trying trying to make sure that my siblings had things really but my mom she did her part she did her part she tried what's it like to uh you shared some of the stories of the reactions of the kids what's it like to be cooler than santa in the same room you know what i like to call myself miss santa claus doing the doing the toy drive because everyone knows that we're gonna come with the best toys. We're gonna to make everybody comfortable. It's like just the Christmas festivities is just everywhere, and um, I it's like not only do um, adults like kind of like cling to me, but kids. I don't have any of my own kids yet, but I have a great relationship with kids to where they'll open up, where they will, where they when, when they will talk to me, you know, and tell me their problems or tell me secrets or you know just um always have like a i don't know like i just connect with kids very very easy like they love me for some reason and and, and i love them too it just seems that sometimes like kids who i've never met before they all kind of just have like um they put me in a special place in their in their heart so it makes it easy for me to train the kids for them to follow directions for me to for me to teach them for me to figure out what's going on with them or if they're having a bad day, stop them from crying. I have a, I have a great way with kids. And, then, and it's been like that since, since I was, since, since I was a kid, like my best friend, her name, Jania, she couldn't get her son to smile for anything. He's about three, four months. She like, he doesn't smile. I'm like, yeah, right. And this is FaceTime. And we're on FaceTime, and I said something to him, and he just busts out laughing. And she was like, oh, my God, what did you say? So she started getting screenshots of me and him on the phone and him laughing. And she was like, this baby has not smiled in five months. I said, well, now you know what to say. And I think I said something like, duh. I just was messing with him uh, through the FaceTime, and he just busted out laughing. So from there, she just took so many pictures of her saying, what I said to him, and then he would smile. So I have a way with kids. It's weird. World Very boxing weird. champion Clarissa Shields joining us here on MMA Junkie Radio. We're talking about the fourth annual.
Clarissa Shields Toy Drive. It takes place Saturday, December 23rd, 12 to 4 p.m. Eastern. And this takes place in, uh, uh, sorry, at Fitness, yes. 2189 Coldwater Road, Mount Morris, Michigan. If you're close by, go. Clarissa, how big does it get? How many kids do you expect, I guess? Um, it sounds like this thing is like one heck of an event. It gets bigger every year, you know. So I know last year is about like 1,500, 2,000 kids. Wow. So it's going to be more than that this year They because they, they always know to get there early. The line wraps around the blocks, you know, and, and it's going to be hot out. It's going to be a Saturday. Like right now in Michigan, it only snowed one time. It's not going to be snowing Saturday. And just the Shield Community Arts Corporation, like, does work throughout the year. Um, in the Flint and Beecher communities, like for turkey giveaways, hat and coat giveaways, Easter bike giveaways. Now we have our end of the year Christmas giveaway. Uh, for anybody who want to donate, I have the links on my Facebook, Instagram, and my Twitter. And if you just want to keep it simple, you can send us a cash app. And the cash app tag is the cash sign, SCOC. 2023 and all of those earnings go just toward the SCLC to help us keep giving back throughout the entire year uh, to the Flint and Beecher communities. I apologize for that noise. I was trying to find your Instagram and then all of a sudden some I didn't something hear came up. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Then we're cool. Um, all right, Clarissa. So let's ask you a few other things here because this is the first time we've ever chatted and we've seen you in our sport of mixed martial arts. 2024 is coming up, and I wanted to ask how, when, if we will see you back in our sport in 2024? It's looking like a February or maybe an April. Ooh, um, okay. I've been training MMA in Lansing with a Mercy Mercy Algo team um, mm -hmm. for the past few months, and so I'll continue training with them. I've been learning a lot. Yesterday, I had my wig on. I sweated my wig off. That's why I have this mm. hat on right now. Because we, we did nothing but groundwork and uh, off the cage work and fighting people off your back work. And it is just some of the hardest work to do. So I don't really get to use my boxing as much as I would like. But right. I'm getting stronger in those other fields that I'm not strong in. Like, you know, I can't say that I'm not strong in the ground, but I will be. I'm stronger than what I was. Mm -hmm. So it's like I'm just going to keep building from there, you know, building with the wrestling, building with the jujitsu, getting more knowledgeable of what to do, what to do and what not to do. And um, I've just been grinding and working hard. So I believe February or April, you'll mm -hmm. see back in the PFL smart cage. Do you have an opponent in mind? Like, have they already given you a list of names or, have you know? Is there anything where we can connect dots on who we might expect you opposite? No, I just get ready. You know, I, I feel like it's it's stressful, right? When they give you a list of names and then you go look at the names and then you look at all these opponents and see what their strengths are. It's like, I don't ever pick my opponents. Um, I let the PFL and the matchmakers do that. Um, it's just my job to get ready. That's yeah. it. And rather they they rather I'm in there with somebody who's experienced, like my first MMA fight, the girl was a brown belt in jujitsu, held me on the ground for the first 10 minutes of our fight. And I wasn't able to get up because she had me in a grapevine with my legs spread out. I've never been that before. 
And then, you know, third round, I come out there, hit her with the right hand. She goes for a takedown. I sprawl, and I'm able to figure out what to do at that time to where I can get the finish, you know. Um, but it's I, I, I don't ask them. I don't tell them who they should match me up with. I just get ready. So they'll they'll let me know when time gets closer. And right now, my only job is to just get stronger on the ground, stronger on the cage, stronger in MMA as a as a whole, and learn more about jujitsu and wrestling. That's just my job. So I'll just do that to the best of my ability. And when it comes fight night, I'll give a hundred percent and hopefully come out victorious. Is the goal a like a title or is the goal to fight a specific person or persons? No, I would like to become PFL MMA champion. I, I believe that is, that, that is durable. I believe that it's possible for me. Um, give me some years of training. Give me some years of just really making MMA be a priority. I believe that I can be PFL world champ and boxing world champ at the same time. That's my overall goal like i like like i know it's big but i feel like it's achievable 100 percent for me mm -hmm. so like in this instance i guess it would be like larissa pacheco is where you want to be at at some point yeah you know um people talk about how strong she is in mma and everything and as strong she is in her in, in her punching i don't think that larissa pacheco can beat me in a boxing match nowhere mm -hmm. near if we if we we'll listen we can have on Four ounce glove or a ten ounce glove like we do in boxing, I could still beat Larissa Pacheco in a boxing match. So mm -hmm. right now, I'm just trying to get I am getting stronger on the ground and more knowledgeable on occasion and everything. To where that with me and her fight, I think that her boxing skills will go out the window and she would definitely just take try to take me down to the ground and try to submit me. So my job is to be able to deal with that and um be able to let her know that she's in for a fight in all different angles, not just boxing, but on the ground, on the cage, jujitsu, wrestling, that if I can do it all, I believe that within a few years, I will be able to beat Larissa Pacheco if she's still a reigning champ, or I'll be able to call out any of the top girls in MMA and I'll be able to compete. That's my uh, goal is to just to be able to compete. Like I don't, you know, I've been boxing 17 years. So it's like, I'm the vet at box. I have two Olympic gold medals. I fought against women across the entire world, yep. you know, in boxing. In MMA, it's, it's not the same. But with me having boxing as just my thing that I'm great at, I can add everything else to my boxing. And I believe that it's durable, that it's possible to become PFL champion and to fight against some of the top girls in MMA and to win long as i just get my experience in and just keep working hard and when uh and, and we'll and, and we'll see what happens but um knowledge is power so the more i learn and the more i do i feel like it's gonna give me a better chance against anybody is there a dream matchup between let's say pacheco kayla harrison and chris cyborg since now bellator is coming over to pfl is there one that just really gets you a little more pumped than the other two? Oh, i mean I like fights that I feel like are scary, that gets me excited. Mm -hmm. And the fight that I see as being the scariest fight for me in MMA would be me versus Chris Cyborg. Ooh. Like, she's a GOAT in MMA. 
and I'm a GOAT in boxing. And we both have multiple world titles in in our field, right? I feel like that fight there would be the fight for me that would be like, that's the biggest fight in and a fight that I get up for. Like, I, yeah. listen, I would get up for a fight against Kayla Harrison and Larissa Pacheco. Those girls are badasses. Like, they're good at what they do. But it's just like, Chris just seems like she's like a, she's a beast. Like, her name <laughs> in my phone is Cyborg the Beast. <laughs> like, she's a beast at MMA. <laughs> um, that, I think, if I, if I had to pick a dream fight, it would be against her because I feel like she is better than uh, Kayla and she's better than Larissa. Mm. Clarissa, right. you know, earlier we talked a little bit about uh, Pacheco and her boxing, and there have been some MMA people that have been doing a little bit more boxing. And if you look at a couple years back, wasn't too good. It's getting a little better, but I kind of wanted to get your take. What do you think of uh, MMA fighters and their boxing now? Has it improved a little bit? And primarily, Chris Cyborg, she's done boxing. How, how do you think she looks? I'm in the ring with Chris and I've sparred against Chris. She's strong. But I think boxing mechanics and MMA mechanics when it comes to boxing, it's just two different mindsets. So mm -hmm. when the fighters who learn that, who can learn the boxing mindset of boxing, they'll be better at it. Uh, I, I think Larissa Pacheco has good hands in MMA. As far as in boxing, I think that her hand speed and her punch placement is very good and she's strong and she believes in her punching power. Um, that's I think that's how she won the fight over Kayla Harrison with her boxing and her punching, especially when they're on the ground. I, I think that the more they actually do boxing and spar against boxers, then they'll understand the art of boxing because I feel like boxing and MMA is completely different than actual boxing inside the ring. Mm -hmm. yes. And so earlier in the interview, you, know, you talked about, this is my job. And I'm curious, I know with boxing, you probably have a love for boxing. You've been doing it a long time. Have you developed that love for MMA as well? Or does it just kind of feel like something that just has to be done? Um, I love fighting. You know, I I don't like the fact that I that I have to say like there's other girls in MMA that can beat me. That kind of angers me a little bit. Like, ugh. Like she could beat me in a fight because she knows more of the things that I don't know. But can but she can't beat me in a boxing match. But it's like me, I want to be like the best fighter in the world. It doesn't matter if it's MMA or if it's kickboxing or if it's boxing it's like i want to be the best so when it comes to mma it's like i have a love for just fighting period but i haven't but it's like i just love boxing i grew up doing it i'm great at it i've always been good at it it came to me very easy mma i'm starting to develop more of a love for it you know more of a love for the soreness that comes with the wrestling um the re the recovery that comes with it after a long day of training uh just learning you know yesterday in mma i'm freaking caught in a body lock right never been in it before never knew it even existed like what is this and so just the fact that i was able to learn 
the techniques of how to get out of it, right? And what I should do or how to protect myself from getting choked at the same time I'm trying to get myself out of this body like that. You damn near can't even breathe in. It just was like kind of, I don't know. It was an eye opener to like, this is what can happen when you're fighting. This is another bad position that you don't want to be in. And this is how you get out of it. So just learning that makes me more comfortable. And it makes me like have a love for the sport. Because all I did yesterday was groundwork. I, I, I don't think I threw any punches. Last last one from me. And just a little statement before I say that. I do want to say of, of boxers coming in MMA, we really appreciate how much time you've devoted to it and how respectful you've been of the sport that's been tremendous and and it just shows your character uh, we've always known you to be a great person in boxing but to see that transfer over into mixed martial arts we've loved covering you i wanted yeah. to mention that and then also i just got to thinking while we were talking about this and um it takes time to learn that ground game we all know that but would you pfl thinks outside the box a lot would you be ever be open to like a mixed rules matchup I've heard about that, but it's like, uh, what are we doing? Creating, a, 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 are we creating another sport? I don't know what what you mean by when you say mixed rules. Like, oh, we can, like, I don't know, have on PFL gloves, but no takedowns. Well, for oh, example, yeah, for I, example, a few years ago at a promotion called One Championship, an MMA fighter named Demetrius Johnson. He fought the first round Muay Thai. They they just wore the four ounce gloves, and he fought a world Muay Thai champion. Uh, and the first round was decided it was going to be stand up, so they just fought Muay Thai. And then they, after five minutes, they went to their corners, and when they came back, it was MMA. Had there been a third round, it would have been Muay Thai, you know, like so. That's what they did. Um, and of course, we thought, oh, he better not mess with Muay Thai because it's not going to go, you know, good for him. But he actually held his own. And he lasted the five minutes, and then he came back in round two, I believe, mm -hmm. and won the fight and shut it down. But it was really, really interesting. You know, when, when he did the post-fight interview with us, he said, Man, I, I'm here to test myself. I wanted to be, just like you said, Clarissa, because he's an awesome guy, a great fighter, one of the yeah, greatest. Mighty Mouse. Forever. Mm -hmm. Mighty Mouse. Yeah, he said, I need to be scared. I, otherwise, it just doesn't get the juices flowing. So he wanted to throw some elbows and knees and, and get down with this world Muay Thai champion, you know, and not just survive five five minutes just so he could get to the MMA portion. So I think that's what Goes is talking about. Yeah, and in, and there's been other boxers where they've done the, there are takedowns, but you can only be down for 10 seconds and then they stand them back up. Those sort of mixed rules, would that ever, or, or do you want it to be pure MMA? Either boxing or MMA for me. I mean, I'm quite sure that, they can come up with something else. Like, really, I feel like anything with me standing up, I'm dominant in, right? Whether that's kickboxing and we don't go to the ground. But kickboxing and boxing is still the same. It's, it's kickboxing. You're just using your feet, right? Um, I feel like anything with me standing up, I would be um, more dominant in. But as far as in uh, the mixed rules, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I'd rather... Mentally, for me, I'd rather just know, am I doing MMA or am I doing boxing? Because I really have to still do both. And I don't want to be in a boxing match and throw a kick or throw a knee. And right. I don't want to be in MMA only thinking boxing. So it's like, for me, it's just like a thick line between them. It's like we're training MMA, 
we're training boxing. Like they're not the same. I feel like with the mixed rules, it will like kind of mix everything up for me. And mentally, I will have to do more work to separate the two because now we have them mixed up with, okay, we got boxing, but we also got this. You know what I'm saying? So I would rather just do either MMA or boxing if it was me. It was a pleasure to have you on our show. Sorry we took up probably an extra 10 minutes yeah, that okay. you're used to, but we enjoyed the chat. Good luck on Saturday. We think it's outstanding what you're doing for the community. I hope it's thousands of kids, like you said, going home happy with everything they ever wanted, just like mm-hmm. little Marissa Shields with her with her uh, car, right? I guess it was. You said you, you want a remote control car? Yeah. Hopefully it's that type of happiness, and hopefully we can talk to you soon in the future. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you, guys. Goes, did you ent- enjoy talking to T Rex, the quote? I, I think she's awesome, man. She's fun. I've she enjoyed cool. her as a boxer. And, and like I said, I feel like she's respected MMA when she came over. Yeah, I, she didn't I phone it in her. for sure. Yeah, I, I hear you. James Tony phoned it in. Clarissa Shields has not phoned it in. She's putting in work. And it sounds James, like she wants to put in more work. Yeah. James Tony came in like Nino Brown with a big phone, right? Mm-hmm. Let's continue on here with a few more awards. Uh, we did fighter of the year, fight of the year. I'm sorry, knockout of the year. Edwards over Usman, the head kick. Israel Adesanya over Pajeda, those punches. Sadabusi over Shane Mitchell, spinning wheel kick. Kristoff uh, Lewaki over Patrick Tolshecki. This happened at KSW in Poland. This was just a punch. Ismail Bonfin versus Terrence McKinney, the flying knee at UFC 283. Which one did you pick? And then I'll tell you the winner. It's difficult because when you're looking at this, you have to look at two things. The magnitude of what was done. How often do you see that type of finish? And then uh, the significance of it, right? And so like the Bonfin one, that was amazing technique, right? But the head kick that knocked out Kamaru Usman, yeah, it was a good strike. Uh, we see a lot of head head kick knockouts, so it's not anything out of this world. But the significance of it was massive. You know, uh, if that would have happened in round one, it would have been less significant. But it happened at the end of the fight, where it was basically uh, a hail mary. I ended up giving it to that. Me too. Adesanya was in a similar spot. I thought Pajeda was sm- smelling blood, and he was stalking him, and it looked like he was going for the finish, and then Adesanya threw that big overhand right. Uh, his celebration was epic. But, yeah, Edwards, like, that head kick was a thing of beauty, and I'll tell you why, because he actually threw, like, a smoke screen at Usman, tying up tying up his defense with a few punches and then coming in with that kick, which left him defenseless in the fifth round of a fight that was not going his way. Imagine it composing yourself between round four and five, listening to your coach give you that epic speech, that motivational speech, and then to be able to deliver that, that was tremendous. You know, So, yeah, I'm like you. I gravitate to the big moments. And look, look, put it, look at it this way. What did Usman win? Like 15 straight? You did it a guy that won 15 straight in the UFC, including five title defenses. I mean, th- that just shows you how difficult that task was, and he came through. For sure. Submission of the year, Grasso over Shevchenko, Lewis Glisman over Melvin Van Sudem at Octagon 43, Islam Makashev versus Charles Oliveira, arm triangle. 
Olga Rubin versus Claire uh, Guthrie, Buggy Choke. Uh, Henier De Ritter versus Vitaly Big Dash, Inverted Triangle Choke at 1-159. One, uh, who did you vote for? And I'll tell you the winner. Again, it, it's the same thing. You know, um, I look at Islam and I look at Alexa. I think those were the two that I had to decide between. Um, if you would have asked me before the fight which one's more likely, I would have said, oh, okay, I, I could maybe see a scenario where Charles Oliveira is maybe a little banged up and just gives up a bad decision, a bad situation. All right. I would have never thought Alexa Grasso was going to submit Valentina Shashenko, so I thought she deserved it. Yeah, and you know what was beautiful about it, goes, And I agree, that that's who I give it to. It's not like Shevchenko is like this world grappling champion, but she holds her own. Remember, she submitted Juliana Pena. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is it was the whole – she planned it, she worked on it, and it was when Valentina did that spinning attack and then Grasso was able to time it and, you know, clinch up with her and then take the fight to the ground and then execute this against someone who hadn't lost a title fight in a long time. You want to talk about Usman's? 15 fight win streak. Shevchenko can't match that, but what she can match is she had a seven title defense streak going and she was winning this fight. She was winning this fight uh, before round four against Alexa Grasso. Pretty much kind of was going to start cruising to the finish line, maybe finish Grasso. I don't know. Uh, but she was definitely winning this fight. And Alexa Grasso, man, dug deep. That was a thing of beauty, similar to. Misha Tate against Holly Holm. That was a fifth-round submission. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't get any more clutch than that. So I agree with that one. Are some of the other ones more uh, uncommon and possibly, you know, better technique usage? Yeah, sure. But in a world title fight, come on. You know, like, that's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially with Grasso coming through as a boxer, honestly, from a boxing family. Comeback of the year, John Jones, his career. Edwards versus Usman, the the epic head kick. Hathaway, John Hathaway. Remember he came back after a long time, three, five years. I forget what it was. He had a lengthy illness. He came back. Matt Schnell, he was getting thumped by Sue Mujeri and then came back and won. Yaroslav Amasov returning from war, defending his home country, of the Ukraine and getting uh, a title defense under his belt. Which one did you give it to? And then I'll tell you the winner. I just, for me, a champion leaving to fight a war and then coming back is like a movie. You know, that's how I looked at it. It's not bad. I I wouldn't disagree with that one. Uh, I thought John Jones was pretty special to be gone for three years, then come back and win the title. That's pretty amazing stuff, especially because he didn't go up 10 pounds. He didn't go up 15 pounds. He didn't go up 20 pounds. He went up the whole thing. You know, like It's not unlimited. It's obviously from 206 to 206 and a half to 266, 265, I suppose, in a title fight. That's a lot of ground to, uh, to carry. And a lot of us said it may be too much. It's skinny legs and all that stuff. And he was able to apply a technique. Uh, that front choke, the same way that he did it as a light heavyweight, he came through as a heavyweight clutch, man. So mm-hmm. I, I probably would have went with him, but they actually gave it to Leon Edwards, which, once again, I think we've covered this in detail. He came back and won an, uh, a title over Kamaru Usman, and that was simply incredible. 
Let me just give you a few more here. Uh, I'm just going to run through them, and then we'll get to Aaron Pico. In fact, let's get to Aaron Pico right now. Well, we are back to talk to one of the best featherweights over at Bellator. What's going on, Junkie Nation? Gorgeous George, catching up with the great fighters all the time. How you doing, my man? All good with you? Everything is good. Every, everything's going well here. Same old, same old. Just uh, training, yeah. riding the horses, uh, preparing for the holidays. So, yeah, life is good. What have you heard uh, in terms of your future? Like, now that, that some PFL staff has moved over – sorry, Bellator staff has moved over to PFL – Actually, let's just say this. Now that everything concluded with Bellator, right, and then PFL made the acquisition, and now we're hearing about some people moving that way, including uh, Mike Kogan, for example. How about to you? Has has news trickled to you as far as, like, where you're going to land? You know, like, is it a Bellator championship series, or do you maybe go directly to PFL? What's the future hold for Aaron Pico? Yeah, it's a it's a great question, and I wish I had more answers for you, but uh, but I don't. I, I haven't re- really heard anything, which is a little concerning. But uh, I'm staying optimistic. I know that uh, I think they're probably working some things out. It's a big change, obviously merging the two organizations. But to be honest with you, like I said, I, I haven't heard anything. But uh, I'm very happy that Mike Kogan Mike Kogan is over uh, with PFL now. I heard that they signed him. He's a, you know, he's, he's a great guy. He's helped me out a lot in Bellator and, and uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for what the future holds for me in, in, in MMA, where that's at as of right now. I, I, I have two fights left on my contract uh, with Bellator mm-hmm. and um, I wish I had more information, but I, but I don't, I don't, I, it's, uh, I don't well, have to say. So let's go down this road. Yeah. Um, what we've heard is that Bellator is going to do eight events in 2024. And then beyond that, it still seems to be a little bit of a mystery. Maybe fighters slowly migrate over. I can't imagine the whole roster gets used over eight shows. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Uh, Bellator had quite a lot of fighters, right? And so I want to ask you this way. What would you prefer? Would you prefer to ride out the Bellator series? I mean, you're on the cusp of a title shot, right? Or do you want to just maybe integrate yourself with with the new company i mean are you a fan of the regular season and the million dollar payout at the end of the year which is four fights and they say it's pretty grueling because it's not like january to december that thing starts like in march or april ends in october so it's it's pretty taxing but then again i've always said that's tailor-made for the wrestlers and that's kind of down your alley maybe yes or no what do you think yeah it's a good question i um you know, I've been in Bellator for so many years, so I've gotten accustomed to my, uh, you know, with everybody there. If I, if um, I have, like I said, I have two fights left on my contract. I ha- I'm number two in Bellator, and a big goal of mine was to become a, cha- a world champion in Bellator. I would love to fight for the belt. That's something that um, I want to have on my resume is, is a Bellator championship. And... Um, I felt like I really had momentum to be a world champion, and I and I'm right there. I'm starting to come into my into my own as a as a fighter. I have everything in order with my team. I feel I feel solid. I feel solid. So to be to be quite frank, I would love to fight for the Bellator uh, World Championship. 
and um, yeah, it was number two. And my, a big dream of mine was to have Bell, uh, Scott Coker wrap the belt around my waist because uh, I started with him. He stuck by me through the ups and downs. I'm forever grateful for him. He's always been um, by my side and, and, and um, encouraging me to to keep going through the tough times and through the good times. But uh, that that would that was a dream of mine. But uh, I, I'm optimistic that uh, we'll see. I just have to be prepared for anything. I have to be be prepared to fight. They may give me a call and say, "Hey, you're fighting so and so in the PFL." Okay, I mean, let's let's go. Hey, you're fighting a guy in Bellator. You're fighting. I, I'm just ready to go at this point. I just want to fight. Is is fighting right away more important than um, than I guess the title? Like you said, if they call you to go to PFL, then now you're out of that picture of the Bellator title. Which is more important to you? I want to fight. I, I, that's something that I like to stay active. I feel I, like I said, I have the momentum going for me and um, we, we'll, we'll see because what I've heard is that I think they're doing a champion PFL versus champion Bellator. So Pitbull mm. is kind of, uh, is kind of, I think on that, he's the champion at 145. I think he's kind of holding up the division as far as going down to 135 and then, you know, taking these fights and, and if, I think it's pretty stupid, to be honest with you, and it kind of bugs me that he just kind of, uh, you know, wants to go 135, wants to fight in Japan, wants to have surgery. I understand that injuries do happen, but uh, it is it is holding up the, the division, and um, it's unfortunate. But I'd love to fight him. I want to fight Patricio. That's who I really, really want to fight. And um, if we can make that fight happen, I, I think we should. All right. It looks like Goes is joining us. Let's get him in here. What's up, Goes? What's up, guys? Let me reset us here for a second. Sorry about that, Aaron. No worries. No worries. I was telling Aaron, you're the one that booked it, and he's one of your favorite fighters, so it was a shame you weren't here, but you made it in time. All right. I got asked by our boss to run to the gym real quick and do something, and uh, yeah, I felt like a fool because I was like, I was the one that pitched getting you on here. So, All right, so I'm going to keep following up. Um, All right, so Aaron... Look, I'll also be honest with you. We recently had Jeremy Kennedy. He's making his pitch too, right? Yeah. And what I want to know from you is what would be your pitch as to why it should be you and not him? Because it could be Pitbull versus Pinedo. True. I mean, they brought them in. They faced them off. You have every reason to be pissed off. Um, but tell me why it should be you over Kennedy if, if, it's, if it comes down to the world of appealing to the masses, what the fans want or – you know, maybe however the matchmakers feel like the fight will sell better. I don't know. Yeah, that's, um, you know, Kennedy has to realize that I, I'm I'm ranked above him. And I think a lot of people, he, he he's the one that, you know, complains a, a lot about it. But I just want to be blunt. Jeremy Kennedy is a very, very boring fighter. He's a good fighter, but he's very, very boring. And in this day and age, I, organizations don't want to see guys just get take guys down, sit on their back for three rounds and squeak out a win. He's very, very boring. If you ask the fans, if you were to do a poll and ask the fans, hey, do you want to uh, Pico to fight Pitbull or do you want Jeremy Kennedy to fight Pitbull? I can probably say that the fans want me to fight because I'm exciting. Win, lose, or draw, I'm always exciting. Kennedy is very boring. Um, and and, and I, I think he'll even say that. His coaches will say that. I mean, nobody goes in – nobody's – really really that excited for a jeremy kennedy fight you saw what he did with with uh pedro carvalho he just sat on his back for for three rounds and squeaked out a win 
you saw what I did to Pedro. I knocked him out in the first the first round. Not just not just a, a little knockout. It was a brutal knockout with ground and pound. And um, and if you're looking at it as a whole, as an organization, you say, hmm, what's going to bring viewers? Who's exciting? Pico or Kennedy? I can I can guarantee you that the bosses in the organization are going to say Pico Pico is pretty exciting. Kennedy not so much. And um, there's my pitch, honestly. Mm -hmm. And and I, I, and I want to be. I want to make something clear. I want to make something clear. <clears throat> I've asked to fight Kennedy so many times. Him and I have the same manager, Ali, and um, great manager, one of the best in the world. But I've asked. I want to. I want to fight a rematch with Kennedy. That wasn't a clean win. I've said it time and time again. Uh, but you know who doesn't want that fight is Kennedy. He, he doesn't want that. And uh, Scott Coker, when I when I lost to when I lost to Kennedy that night when I was in the hospital, I got I got a call from Scott Coker. He said, "Hey, that that win didn't count for Kennedy. I don't even I don't even count that. You, you were a warrior. You wanted to fight, but I want to run that I want to run that fight back ASAP." I said, "You got it, boss. I, I want that that fight as bad as you do." So I had the surgery. I'm calling for the fight, asking Ali, no, 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 you have to fight. You have to fight so-and-so. Okay, I, I fight him. I, I win. I said, okay, I, I want to fight Kennedy. No, you got to fight Pedro Carvalho. Fight Pedro Carvalho. I wanna, now now I, I beat Pedro Carvalho. So okay, I'm ready to fight Kennedy. Now Kennedy's going to fight for the championship. So yeah. I, I, I really don't know. I don't know what's going on. And then the rankings come out. I'm above Kennedy. So explain that to me. Mm-hmm. I could see where you'd have your frustration when you give us, you know, the, that viewpoint. Two strong points you made, the rankings. And let me, let me ask Oprah you guys a question. Sure. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you out. Let me ask you a question. If you guys were, if you guys were running the organization and you said, I want, uh, I have two guys. I have Jeremy Kennedy, I have Aaron Pico. Who's going to fight for the title? Who, who would you, and you're going to bring viewers and you're going to put butts in the seat. Who would you have? Well. I think you're the, the, the bigger name. I think you're the bigger name, but I think if you were promised that rematch, I think the best way to figure it out is just make you guys both fight each other. But since we crossed that that path already, uh, I think you're you're the bigger name. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I hate to put you guys on the spot, but I just I want to have some fun too with it. Get your guys' opinion. <laughs> oh, no, you, you know what? I'm glad you, you did. I'm glad you did because we yeah. do that to fighters as well. But you know what? Yeah. We're all adults. We're all yeah. men, and we all ask we ask tough questions. We get tough answers. I'm glad we got one back. And look, it's tough for us too because I'll tell you what, um, Kennedy is part of the same gym that we've been kind of like groomed through uh, when we started the show. Referee Frank Trigg, who's probably refereed maybe one or two of your fights before. He used to fight in the UFC. He was our co-host. So a lot of people don't know this, but he was our co-host back in 2007, yeah. 2006 when we got the idea, 2007 when we launched the show. And at that time, I mean, we were just fanboys that stumbled upon a great opportunity, which was this show. Yeah. Um, I know you didn't ask for all the history of Junkie Radio, but it's going to tell no, you. It's, so all with, it's all good. With all this, Aaron, um, came two guys that kind of learned on the job. But at the same time, since Trig was part of Extreme Couture, so were we. We've seen Jeremy for a long time. Um, but our Goes and I have a reputation of always telling the truth and so he would have to accept that you asked us a question, we answer it. You are the bigger name. We see the 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 the, uh, the metrics, you know, on our site. It doesn't mean he sucks. 
And it doesn't mean he doesn't have an excellent record, just like you. But I think Ghost phrased it best. At, it, look, when P, PFL walked those two guys in, it looked like that's kind of what they want to do. And no better time than maybe just run you two back. Um, I don't think Kennedy wants to wait. He didn't sound like a type of fighter that wants to wait either. So here's an opportunity to solidify that number one because the last thing either one of you wants um, is for the other guy to get it or even a third guy to come from nowhere. Because I, I always say this, what if Pinedo and PFL, sorry, PFL, uh, Pitbull have a classic. It needs to be run back. It's a draw. I don't know, right? And then all of a sudden now four months becomes eight months or there's an injury. I've seen it happen so many times in this sport. And so when you get stuck around waiting, nobody wins. I think Goes is right. Maybe you two just running it back would settle it. Yeah, that, that makes the most sense. And and I th I'm talking, this is just straight, straight business. So, you know, what I'm talking, I'm sure Kennedy's a great guy and, and he, he is, you know, we're very cordial with each other, but this is just business. And I'm just talking, you know, talking open about how I feel. Yeah. If they're giving Kennedy the shot, you know what? I'm not going to sit and bitch about it. Life isn't fair sometimes. And I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, well, I deserve it. Then just give me a fight at the end of the day. Or give me a time. Give me a time frame of, of when I'm gonna when when you think I'm gonna um, fight. Because if it's six months, eight months, listen, I have goals. You know, and I want to. I'll go wrestle. I'll go wrestle. Honestly, I'll go try to make a Mexican uh, Olympic team, Paris in 2024. I'll go box. I'll keep myself active, but I just want to have some uh, some sense of direction of time of when I'm gonna fight. And and I'm not. And and the organizations, I'm sure, are working that out. I'm not here complaining like, oh, you haven't heard anything. I know it's a big transition as far as merging merging organizations. It's not as cut and dry. Like, hey, listen, we're gonna you're gonna fight on this date. I I understand that. Yeah. We're just talking about what I feel. I'm I'm kind of talking just in Bellator because I haven't really heard anything for PFL. Just in Bellator, I believe I should fight for the title, and um, just because you believe it doesn't mean that it's necessarily gonna happen, but. I, I can say is this is that I'm not sitting at my house, uh, you know, whining or complaining. I'm in the gym getting better. I'm getting better in my personal life. I'm getting better in the gym. I'm spending time with with my son. So in all aspects of my life, I, I, I'm I'm trying to enhance myself. So when that time does come and they say you're going to fight, for example, in March, I'm ready to go and against anybody, and um, we'll be ready. The selfish side of me wants to see you fight all three, Kennedy, Pitbull, and Pinedo. I would love it. I, I would I would sincerely do it. If I'm healthy, I will fight. I mean, I'm I'm uh, 27 years old, and uh, I want to be great in this game. I want to be remembered. And, and, and to be up front, I want to make money. I, mm -hmm. I want to I put on classic fights. I'm exciting, and... Um, I want to fight the best guys in the world and in, in all organizations. Yeah, I, I, I only have a, a certain amount of time in this game and I don't want to waste it. I want to fight. Aaron, you also said something. We can't just let it slip by. It'd be like me telling you guys, oh yeah, hang on a second. Um, tell Giselle Bunch and she can give me the lap dances later. You guys would probably go, what? Giselle wants to give you lap dances? Tell us about it. You just said you would be willing to go. I know. You'd be willing to go to to wrestle for the Mexican team in the Olympics, huh? Are you're in that kind of shape, and you can you think you can make that team? Yeah, I definitely do think I can make that team. I I think I could. I feel a lot stronger. Uh, my body, mentally, I'm stronger. 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, that I was just talking to my dad the other day. I said, "Well, if I'm not going to fight for for a while, I'll, I'll go down. Uh, I'll go down and um, and I, and I'll try to make it. Why not? Why not? What's the worst that could happen? You know, you enter a wrestling tournament. Let's say you don't win. Okay, but let's say you do win. You make an Olympic team for Mexico. Because that I, I that's what I would do. I mean, to be to be honest yeah. with you, that's what I would do. I'm a citizen of Mexico too, so I I can do that. Um, but if you do, then you go and try to qualify the weight, then you're at the Olympic Games. It's never been done before. That's just something that is up, depending on depending on what is going on with the organization. I mean, if they say you're yeah. going to fight in three months, then, you know, fighting is more important to me. But why not make yourself uncomfortable, push yourself a little bit, and and see where it goes? And then the other side, too, I mean, I want to box. I'm very capable of boxing, so why not go get a few boxing fights in and just keep yourself uh, keep yourself active? Dude, you can't be uh, – no, I shouldn't say it like that because I know you can box. You used to box before you wrestled. And I was going to say you can't be any worse than the guy that just fought Jake Paul. I know we've talked about this in the past, yeah. that you'd be willing to do that. Um, boy, that guy got lit up in one round. I don't know if you caught the fight. Yeah. But I wanted to ask you I, – I really want to see that. Folks, this guy can box. He really can, not just from the skills you've seen him uh, display in the MMA cages, but he can actually, actually box – uh, and I'd love to see him versus Jake Paul. But uh, Aaron, do you know the scene in Mexico? Is there some guy your weight class that's going to see this interview and go, "Pinchi Vato, who's he think he is?" Going to roll into Mexico? Like, are they? Do they have a deep wrestling squad? Are they? Are they I know they have a, the Lucha Libre history, yeah. right? But with respect, do they have the uh, international wrestling, you know, freestyle wrestling history that, that the United States and other countries do? Well. No, they're not. They're not like on the U.S. level or in the world. But at, at the end of the day, uh, Anthony Valencia is uh, who I grew up with wrestling is on the Mexican uh, world team. Uh, Roman Bravo Young, who wrestled for Penn State, is a three-time NCAA champion is on the oh, Mexican shoot. team. Okay. And I believe um, Gomez, he was uh, NCAA um, All-American a couple, couple times, wrestled for Wisconsin. Uh, he's at 65 kilo, and I, I believe he's trying to make a world team as well. So I would, you know, I would go 65 kilo. Anthony Valencia is at 74 kilo. And this is just hypothetical. Um, yeah. So I'd be at one. It's not a cakewalk. I'm sorry. So it's not a cakewalk then. There's some. No, there's some no, there. a, no, no, no. I wouldn't go 74 kilo. Anthony Valencia is. Uh, you know, Anthony Valencia is there. He's very, very good, and and um, I would love to be wrestle on the team with him. And if I'm not mistaken, to be honest with you, I think Zaid Valencia has, uh, who's Anthony's brother, who's a three-time NCAA champion, uh, has the option, I think, to go for for, uh, US, or for the U.S. or Mexico. And if I were him, I'd go for Mexico. Yeah. Why go through Why go through Murderer's Row in the U.S. and then, and then when you, I mean, uh, Zaid can make an Olympic team right now, and make the team, and then go qualify the way and be at the Olympic Games and go win a medal. I mean, I, I, he really can do that. So we really did put our heads together. We can, for Mexico, can really put a stack, a stack uh, team together. But uh, yeah, but that would be it. Would be very difficult for me to 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 do it. But uh, why not? If it's if it's in the cards, we'll see. Hey, call Ruben Valencia right now at St. John Bosco and say, "Hey, Ruben, I need to make a world team. Mm-hmm. Let's go." <laughs> I'm sure yeah. you enjoy that call. <laughs> well, before goes get started, let me just say one thing. My bad, Mexico. I didn't know. I didn't know that they, you guys had them kind of horses. All right, all right. Yeah, they're 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 bringing up a um, they're bringing up a roster. I mean, honestly, 
if you're in the U.S., and I don't think the United States is going to be very happy that I say this because, uh, but it is what it is. I'm just going to talk openly. If you are here in America and you have an option to go to another country and get citizenship and be able to represent that country in the Olympics or the World Championships, and you're, it's a clear, clear path to victory to get to the World Championships and to the Olympics, you would be stupid not to. Because in the United States, of course, we're so deep. You're gonna go through. You're gonna go through all these tough guys, and then wrestle after wrestle. Best out of three matches. Best out of three matches to get to. Uh, to to quali- to to basically make the United States team. So you go through all those matches. Best out of three, and then you still have to go to the World Championships. Why have that stress when you can just go literally make a team and then go wrestle the World Championships? Keep your body fresh wrestle, go to the Olympic Games, go medal. Because at the end of the day, all that matters is the world championships and, and, and the medals. Some people may not agree with that, but I'm not here to please everybody. I'm just doing what's right. And you're seeing some, like, for example, Stevan Michu, who I was on three world teams with in the, for the U.S., he went and wrestled for Serbia, makes the team no problem, has two world medals. He just won the world championships, is ready to go for, to Paris, and I believe he's going to be an Olympic champion. And they still change the United States. It just represents a different country. Mm -hmm. Aaron, I don't don't know if you know this about me. You know me as Goes, but my real name is Brian. But when I go to Mexico, I'm not Brian. I'm Brian. Are you going to be Aaron Pico when you go over there? Will you play that off or like Uh, how does that work? Well, Aaron is um, is how you say it. Yeah, so that's that's um, that's how they say it. So, So... this is uh, might be the world's dumbest question, That's but okay. I know that this doesn't happen too often. So I'm very curious um, if you were to do that and wrestle for Mexico, it's very rare that athletes can do, uh, let's say, wrestling and boxing. Yeah. If you were to do, let's say, boxing, could you still do boxing as an American or is it once you do Mexico, it's all across the board Mexico? Do you know that? Yeah, that's a good. Well, I think it. Well, you. Would, it's a good question. I, I don't know. I can't give you an uh, a for sure answer. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I was to if I was to wrestle, I would just wrestle. If boxing, I wouldn't go and try to make a boxing. Uh, yeah. No, I'm just curious. Yeah. I know, like in in soccer, once you make that commitment, that's it. Yeah. But I didn't know if if you did another sport, if you could do another country. Yeah, no, that's a good curious. question. I I'm not. I don't want to say anything that is is false, but. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I do want to ask you, so behind me over here is a WEC glove. Mm -hmm. And I remember when the WEC guys went over to the UFC, at first, it took a while for them to kind of blend into the UFC because for a long time, you know, people were saying, no, the UFC fighters are better. No, the WEC fighters. And so for a while, when we would interview them, they still felt like regardless of the fact that they were wearing UFC gloves, they were still kind of representing the WEC for years. Um, what do you think it'll be like for you when the, the time comes to don PFL gloves, if that happens, do you feel like you'll still kind of be representing Bellator in a sense, or once the switch is done, it's done? Yeah, I think, um, well, I've been with Bellator since I've been, you know, 17 years old. I didn't fight till I was 20, but I was, I've been with them my whole career. It's been, it's been a while. Um, one person that I'm, I'm going to always be thankful for is, is Scott Coker and, um, you know, no matter where I end up, I will always be grateful for for, for Scott and uh, giving me my first uh, opportunity in MMA. 
and like I've said before, sticking by me. And that's that just really kind of puts me down that I, that I wasn't able to um, to have him wrap a belt around my waist. That's something that I really, really wanted. But no matter what, when I become a world champion, uh, he's going to have a huge part in in in, in that. And and I that's who I will be forever grateful for. And and um, and I will always always think of him in my MMA career for sure. Aaron, do you um? If the PFL were to ask you, hey, what's one aspect of Bellator that you would like to kind of see continue over here on the PFL side, whether it's any type of promotion or a Grand Prix, however, something that you were a way you were treated or, or whatever in Bellator that you would like to kind of see continue on over here on the PFL side? Well, if I'm talking from a, um, a fighting standpoint, I would love to see like in the tournaments like elbows, um, where we can throw elbows, but Bellator... Is, is all I, I've known and, and, and I've uh, I have to say that the, the staff there and all the people behind the scenes have been have been so good to me and they've treated me so well and it's just been very smooth in all my on all my fights um, so that's a very tough question to answer because I haven't really seen how PFL is run behind the scenes but I can speak on Bellator is that um, <clears throat> anything that I needed or, or needed help or, or just just whatever as far as um, the, the people you don't see uh, on camera, they were they were very very good to me, and I'm gonna miss them a lot, and I'm and I'm so thankful for them. So, uh, yeah, that's something that um, that I'm that I will always um, have respect for. But as far as fighting, I'd love to see see the elbows uh, be uh, incorporated in, in in the tournament or or in in, in the organization. If uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you, you're not allowed to throw elbows in PFL, right? Right. So I mean, not in the regular season, only in the playoffs. Okay. Uh, okay, okay, yeah. So in the regular season, I'd love to see uh, elbows for wrestlers. I think that's you know that's a big weapon of mine, and um, I, I want I want every advantage that I can get. So, Aaron, um, I did want to tell you this. I loved when you said about fifteen minutes ago. I'm going to be blunt. I love it when fighters tell us what they want because in this sport, you have to do it. It's a grimy sport, and um, you have to be selfish at times. And so this is what I'm getting at. One day, if you fight for the title, request Scott Coker to be the one to put the belt around you. Just like The Rock put a belt around Jorge Masvidal. That came out of nowhere, right? Um, If you really want it. you know, If that really meant that much to you, I don't think he's an, a guy that's not respected across the board, and I don't know if he would accept or not, but he built something pretty big, was over there for quite a long time, and who knows? I don't know. I, I always say if that's something you really wanted to, it can't hurt to ask, and that, I think that would be super cool because you could tell when you said it, you meant it. The other thing was if you do box in Mexico or wrestle, what do you think of this? El Magnifico Aaron Pico. Or Aaron El Magnifico Pico. That's nice. I've never heard of that. I've never heard that one before, but it flows pretty well. It flows yeah. pretty well. Yeah. Pretty good, Usually we're closing our interviews with some modern day and Bosco talk, but this time I decided to you know try and help you out with a nickname if you do go south of the border. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Like, but I just want to clear it up. Like, if I would like um, box, it would be like you know, it would hopefully it would be like somewhere I can go and get some you know some fights down in Mexico, 
or or in the U.S. or you know wherever. Just you know keep keep the ball rolling. And, and, you know because I think it's important as fighters to to feel that pressure, to feel that anxiety, to just keep it sharp. When you go a couple of months or you know a year without fighting, you kind of lose that that sharpness. So to feel a little bit of that pressure, to feel like there's some you know some anxiety is something that's important i don't i don't necessarily like it but i know but i'm not i'm gonna be honest with myself i need to feel that um anxiety that fear because that's what really wakes you up in the morning as fighters like shit i gotta get to practice because i got a big fight and i want to and i want to win you know and uh, i need to have that in my life something to look forward to as far as uh something being scary because uh that's what keeps us sharp. No doubt. Thanks for the time today. We appreciate it. Sorry we hogged you up for such a long time, but it was no. a lot to cover. And then when you went Mexico, Paris 2024 on us, whoo, we had to cover that. So always a blast talking to you. I hope the best for you. I really hope in 2024 you get three huge fights, whether it's those three names or whatever else you deserve them. I appreciate it. No, you guys, I enjoy talking to you guys, and um, you guys have always been good to me. And uh, I appreciate I appreciate you guys interviewing me because there's really not much going on to to really want to to want to talk to me. It means a lot. And uh, anytime you guys want to do an interview, I'm I'm more than uh, happy to do it. So it was thank a pleasure. You. Thank you. All right. So thank you to Aaron Pico. I'm glad he gets a kick out of talking to us like we do with him. And how about that? Out of nowhere, out of left field, I'll just go wrestle for Mexico. Yeah. Just to him going to wrestle, I thought was kind of big news, but I, w I wouldn't have thought he would go that route of doing it for Mexico. But hey, it makes sense when he explains it. Most definitely. Yeah, so I'm just going to give you the rest of the awards here because it's obviously a pretty long show already with the two interviews. The upset of the year was Alexa Grasso. Congratulations to her. The Sean Tompkins Coach of the Year went to Mike Brown. Uh, if you're curious, he went up against Eugene Behrman, Dave Lavelle, Ray Longo, Eric Nixick. Trainer of the Year, Heather Lindland, Linden, excuse me, who works out of the UFC PI. She went up against Jonathan Reynolds, Everton Oliveira, Jordan Sullivan, Brandon Gallagher. I can't honestly say. I don't even know who the others are. Gym of the Year. Here were the nominees. City Kickboxing, Tim Renegade. Team Renegade, sorry. Killcliffe FC, American Kickboxing Academy. And the winner was American Top Team. Referee of the Year, Mark Goddard, Jason Herzog, Mark Smith, Rich Mitchell and Herb Dean. And the winner was Herb Dean. Ring card of the year. This one had a little bit of a side plot. Uh, nominated was Brittany Palmer, Louise McKay, Brooklyn Wren, Jenny Andrade, Luciana Andrade. And your winner was Brittany Palmer. She laid down the shorts mm -hmm. afterwards saying that UFC 296 would be her final time doing the catwalk for the UFC after 16 years with WEC and UFC. So great job for her. A lot of people don't know this, but she's actually an artist, pretty talented, and I think she uh, will do fine, you know. And I, I bet you she'll do maybe the occasional big shows from time to time. Uh, well, we also found out in the post fight, I don't know if you know that this goes, but Ariane Celeste has retired as well. I didn't know that. Yeah, they asked Dana White about it, but he said, yeah, Ariane and Brittany have done their last walk. And then I saw Ariane's uh instagram or something i guess she was behind the scenes doing some interviews at ufc 296 so it looks like she's already kind of got her little gig with the ufc kind of like a sideline reporter or maybe for ufc.com or five pass i don't know 
So uh, good job to both of them, or at least the Gariani sticking with the MMA. Go ahead. I thought it was cheesy to lay down the shorts. I thought what they should have done was maybe try and figure out how many rounds she's walked or something and put it on a card and have her lay that down or something, you know, but I know, I know. But like, uh, I just events, maybe, but events. Yeah. That'll work too. I guess events and times it by three or five or or a a card that says WEC and one that uh, are split it. Just lay down a card. Maybe would be good. Right. Yeah, Lay down the card or something, but the fucking shorts, like the shorts is kind of corny. You can't (laughs) lay down your top, but then you can't lay down your shorts either. Cause it's like, yeah, you know, it's not like I expect them to take some something off after a fight and do it. So maybe mm-hmm. the card. I think it's not like right. a fighter retires and takes out his cup and puts it on the ground, right? Like, <laughs> it's just silly. Yeah, uh, the other ones were leading man Dana White. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, it probably is Dana White just because what he's responsible for. But there will be a year when a an organization does pretty damn well with what they can, you know? And I think even Dana White would sit back and go, wow, good on them. Like maybe this was would have been the year for Peter Murray, I guess, from the PFL to get it. They, they acquired Valator. They re-signed with UFC or sorry, with ESPN. They are now with USADA. You know, they signed Francis Ngannou. You know, that's kind of a big year for them. And of course the UFC is just going to, you know, break records and do whatever. But I don't know. I mean, it's it's a popularity contest. It has mm-hmm. nothing to do with fight. Wait, by the way, folks, with sour grapes because we didn't win. I'm just saying some of these are like, you know, I don't know. Best promotion, UFC. Oh, you're kidding. You're fucking kidding. I thought Octagon MMA or KSW was going to take it, but the UFC pulled it out. Personality of the year, Joe Rogan. He beat Laura Sanko, Chel Sonnen, Daniel Cormier, John Ennick. Uh, analyst of the year, Michael Bisping. That's a new one. He beat Paul Felder, Dan Hardy. Anthony Smith and Kenny Florian, but um, I don't know. I guess I was gonna say Sanko, Cormier, and Anik are also analysts. So is Rogan. Mm-hmm. So what's the difference here? I guess what else they do? Their YouTube channels, or who knows? Uh, I'm not saying Bisping doesn't deserve it. I'm just saying like those guys actually analyze bigger fights because of the pay per view magnitude. You know what they do. Yeah. Best programming, Morning Combat, MMA Hour, Dana White's Contender Series, the Anakin and Florian Podcast, UFC Embed. Dana White Contender Series wins. Uh, Morning Combat, I think, had won two years in a row, and that was pretty impressive because, you know, you're beating UFC programming. So mm-hmm. good on them. MMA Media Source of the Year, MMA Fighting, Sherdog, MMA Junkie, ESPN, Bloody Elbow. Once again, go look at MMA, uh, ESPN MMA. Even they'll tell you there's only like two of them. Mark Ramondi and Brett Okamoto. And sure, they do break some stuff. They do write some stuff. But are you fucking kidding me? Like, do you really think they cover as much as we do? And it, you know what I mean? Like, and they're partners with the UFC. Yeah, yeah, that's the other thing, too. They're the actual broadcast partners. And and yeah, years ago, we did have what was called a, what was it? I think a league, sports league partnership with USA Today or something like that. It didn't do anything. I think maybe we might have, gotten like one story for print they were big on that the ufc and you know i i'm not sure we even got our, our any more breaking news than we get now or anything like that i don't i don't think there was any benefit like there has been you know with this again not hating on it but just kind of tell the truth like who which site really is the best and if it's sure dog who's won it before hey congrats if it's fighting who's won it before 
hey, congrats. But I don't know. I just don't know that we're always handing the trophy to the best. And I would think Rob Hewitt wants that, but maybe he doesn't. Who knows? MMA Journalist of the Year, Gary Hawani. Again, super popular guy. Does he do the better work than Aaron Bronson or Mike Romani, John Morgan, Nolan King? I don't know because this guy's this guy's flying a lot, and you know he's hosting things. He's uh, you know he's he's got his his podcast. I don't know that he's actually reporting. I guess um, I you know I I think I think he's even more of a person. I think he's a personality. You know, than he's not an analyst, obviously. But if some of these other guys have graduated from analyst to personality, then I, I think by now. Ariel Hawani's graduated from journalist to personality as well. I'm kind of giving him props. And if he were to win that, I'd congratulate him for that one too. But I don't I don't think he's ever gonna lose this one. He's pretty popular, and he's you know, like I say, a lot of this is just a popularity contest. And the last mm-hmm. one goes is the Fighting Spirit Award. Yaroslav Amasov, adversity, returning from war to unify the belt or welterweight title. Stephen Ray, strength, fighting for his family. Excuse me. Biagio Ali Walsh, bravery. Helping his community in the face of danger. Themba Gorimbo, charity, building a water pump, excuse me, in Zimbabwe and putting others ahead of himself. And Chris Barnett, adversity, overcoming personal loss and adversity in the cage. The winner was Themba Gorimbo, charity for building the water pump in Zimbabwe. You know, that kind of sounds good to me too, uh, as well goes, but Yaroslav Amosov, if he would have doubled down and, you know, were defending his country. I wouldn't have had a problem with that one. Me neither. Ken Shamrock was your Lifetime Achievement Award, and that was the World MMA Awards. I don't want anyone to think anything. I love the World MMA Awards. I've probably been to 10 of the 15, maybe. Uh, But like I say, I I just think everything, everything can always improve. That's all I'll say. Um, All right. Go says a couple things on the way out. Aljo won the tickets. Aljo went to the UFC 296 uh, fight card, and then I guess put out some stuff on social media that he was declined, so he took off, went somewhere else. Dana White was asked about it at the post-fight press conference. He said, "Nah, the mix-up was they were his sponsors' tickets, uh, but it it it, it got it some confusion. And anytime Aljo's ever been put in for tickets, we've taken care of them. It had something to do with they came in through the sponsor, but then by the time we reached out to Aljo, which I thought was cool." They said uh, by then, Aljo said, no, 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 I'm good. And so that was it. So it sounded pretty reasonable, except Aljo did some media. And he says, well, no, that's not not what happened. It wasn't sponsorship tickets. They were my tickets. And so that's kind of a different story here. What do you think? It's always he said, she said when it comes to Aljamain Sterling and the UFC. Um, I just think that's like a bold move for the UFC to do. But at the same time. I wouldn't put it past them if they go, bro, we, we kind of oversold here. We had no idea these people were going to come. Who can we cut? I, I I wouldn't put it past them to go, cut Sterling. He's always causing trouble or something, you know. I don't know. And Sterling doesn't cause – he might cause trouble, but he doesn't strike me as a liar. Yeah. Last thing, Kobe broke his foot, Kobe Covington. And he's been doing a lot of media. He went on Fox News. He went on a few other shows. Playing the Trump hand, the MAGA hand, you know, rigged. Because he's a Trump guy, a Trump follower, the judges rigged it against him. I guess if you're going to take it to take it to the bank, that's exactly what he's doing. Although he doesn't has, hasn't done this in the past. Well, maybe he has. But uh, I don't know. I, 
I guess I guess it's just his thing, and he's just gonna take it. Like I say, all the way goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean he's a WWE uh, villain, right? That's that's what they do. It is, um, except in that sport, you, we all know everyone's kind of playing a character. In ours, we feel like you can be a character, but at the end of the day, you guys are face you guys are punching each other in the face. And whoever wins is the rightful winner. All the other stuff is kind of like, ah, like, so there's a sacrifice between it's a shtick, he sells pay-per-views, and also just like, bro, at some point you're kind of looking like a jackass. Stop it. Mm-hmm. I don't think he will, though. Mm-hmm. Because, look, if we keep playing that, then we would say, hey, Dana, um, Colby wants to be a champ again. He wants to fight Stephen Thompson. What's to stop Dana from going, well, no, no, no. The reason is because Stephen Thompson voted for Biden, and we don't want the judges siding with him because they hate Trump so much that that fight's not good for him. You see what I'm saying? Because then Dana has to actually, I guess, I don't know. It's just it's a silly world. So I, I, I like I like it when Colby has those moments, like when he told Kamarosman, it's all respect, it's all love. I was just trying to sell tickets. I didn't like it pre-fight when he told Rocky I'm in character, and but at the end, just do it behind a curtain, and and that's cool because mm-hmm. that that's our sport's real. You know what I mean? So yeah. anyway, that's it. That's it for me, man. What you got? That's it from you. Yep. All right, folks. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year. Always enjoy talking with you guys. We uh, don't have a show scheduled for Christmas, so we'll see you uh, in between Christmas. We'll see you on the 28th, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I hope you, like I say, everyone has a nice and Merry Christmas with their families. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Oh, don't forget, on Tuesday, we have a spinning backlit show. Not Monday. It'll be Tuesday. It'll be a recap of the year. So tune in for that. And uh, no spinning backlit on Monday. All right, folks. Go out and be a champion. See you.